Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. All right, so today our conversation is going to be with two of my cousins, Brandy and Kalia, and we are going to be talking about being pregnant and giving birth during the pandemic. So as many as you know, I had my daughter over a year ago, last April, so right when we went into the lockdown, um, I was preparing to give birth. Kalia was the first one to give birth out of the three of us. So, Kalia, why don't you tell us about your experience during your pregnancy and then your delivery? And then tell us when you gave birth. Okay, so um, me personally, I did not give birth when we went on a lockdown. COVID was kind of like a small-scale thing. Um, I had my son at the end of February um February 29th and yeah like it wasn't such a thing until we got out the hospital as soon as we got out the hospital it was like the world shut down so as far as labor and everything and uh being pregnant all that was pretty normal to say the least besides the 24-hour laboring um but other than that everything's pretty normal but once we went on lockdown me and my son and my family and my husband we stayed in our room 24 7 the people we lived with didn't even see us. Like, that was just the norm for that time. My son probably didn't see any extended family till he was about six months. So that was that was different, especially for our family, because everyone's used to seeing the new baby all the time, especially in the families. Families want to love them and whatever, whatever. But me and my baby was on lockdown. I was not playing with nobody. Nobody was coming to see him. We wasn't going to see nobody. <laughs> So like I said, my daughter was born in April of 2020. Um, so my initial doctor's appointments were all normal. Uh, both uh, Jay Bay and I were able to go in to the doctor's office, have my appointments, ultrasounds and everything. And then in March, we were both s- supposed to go back to work after spring break and they told us that we were not coming back to work. So I had a doctor's appointment right around that time. Um, That appointment was normal, but then the next one that we went to a couple of weeks later, they sent me a text message that we had to wait outside. We had to wear masks. When we came in, we had to get hand sanitizer. Our temperatures had to be taken. Um, And then... A few weeks after that, we had to start going through a different door um, because our doctor, well, actually it was a midwife, was in the back of the building. So we went through the back door so we weren't going past other people. Um, And then the day that my daughter was supposed to be born, I had to go into the hospital to... um, get an ultrasound because she was breached and they decided to do a version where they try to turn her with their hands um, while I'm like laid on a table. So that process, like no one was allowed in the room with me. It was just me. 
um, in the operating room. If I would have given birth right then and there, I would have been by myself. Like no one would have been in there with me, just me and the doctors and the nurses. Um, thankfully she did turn. So I went home, came back the following week and they decided to induce me. And then the hospital called me and let me know that, um, J-Bay could only be in the room with me when I gave birth. And then when I went downstairs to the outpatient wing, he had to go home. So that was like a little bit um, tough for me. But thankfully, I didn't have to have a C-section or anything. So um, I was able to leave the day after she was born. So when we came home... Just like Kalia, we didn't see anybody except for um, my midwife came to check on me a couple of days. Um, But other than that, we didn't see any friends. I'm in Houston. My family's in Jersey. So obviously no family was here. No, none of my family saw her in person until she was three months. And my mom, my grandma, my sister drove out here from New Jersey um, to see her. So that was nice. And for us, um, running errands and things, when we would take her, one of us would stay in the car while the other one went into the store. So she was never around people, um, until she, till my family came actually. And then right after they left, so that would have been August, I went back to work And she started going to the babysitter, which, again, like, that's just one person um, that she saw. And then sometimes the babysitter's great nieces and nephews would come over. So those were the only kids she ever saw. But when I did start taking her to the store, she was, to me, very friendly. Like, it was the opposite. She was, like, super friendly to people. Um, would smile at people, you know, interact with them, like with her facial expressions. Um, But now she will talk to people, but she will not go to anyone. So early on, she would go to people um, like at the babysitter or um, our friends. Like once we allow people to see her, she would go to them. But now she's not like that. Like she's very much so clingy to us. So, um, that's the difference that I see in her socially, but she definitely loves kids, like all ages of kids, babies to, you know, teenagers. Like she definitely loves to, um, smile and play with them and talk to them, even though they don't know what she's saying, um, more so than adults. So, yeah, as far as like how I would say he interact differently i think it was a shock for him to see new people new faces he was like terrified like legit like who is this lady where's my mother get away from me only familiar faces he was into like he would not go to anybody like freak out like 10 max um and then i think now that he's used to seeing people he clings to people almost so like my son will go to anybody now i'm not really sure um how normal that is this is my first baby so You know, I don't know if this is quarantine babies 
being this way or if this is just a normal developing baby. But Brandy, you already have a child, so you can kind of maybe attest to um, some of that early development stuff. So first, why don't you tell us about your experience being pregnant during that time and then how your delivery was a little bit different? So my pregnancy was completely different this time around than with my oldest daughter. Um, From the doctor's appointments all the way up into delivery. So every appointment, you know, you're expecting to share those, like, precious moments with the significant other. And, like, we didn't have that. It was just strictly through, like, FaceTime or pictures or videos because he wasn't allowed in. So every appointment, ask myself the first heartbeat, hearing, ask myself the first ultrasounds, you know, you're by yourself. And, you know, that right there was like, you know, sad because, you know, I want to share those moments in person with my fiance. And, you know, we weren't able to do that because of COVID. Um, Leading up to having my daughter, Nadia, I went in for able to, a checkup, you know, my last doctor's appointment and they told me oh no you're having baby today and she was three weeks early so we weren't even prepared to go into the hospital you know to have birth or give birth to the baby um we get to the hospital and you know they're prepping me for you know delivery and we don't have anything we don't have the car seat we don't have our overnight bag we don't have anything because she's three weeks early right so once we had her you know, we're in our room getting settled in, and um, the nurses tell us, hey, we're in the red zone, so nobody can leave. And if you leave, you can't come back until it's time to pick her up. And I'm like, what? You know, so this, this is, like, all brand new because with my oldest daughter, you know, people were coming to visit and seeing their baby, and now it's just like, oh, if you leave, you can't come back. So... We were basically torn, like, what are we going to do? Well, he wasn't leaving. He was like, well, I mean, this is what it is. Like, I'm not going nowhere. So um, as time went on, they told us, okay, now we're in yellow. So in yellow, you're allowed to leave. You need to pass to get back. which They check your temperature, and then you're allowed back in, but only the dad. So he was able to leave, um, drive home, get our stuff, and then come back. And then, you know, we were in the hospital four days. So, because we had her early and they were observing her. And it was just, it was very, very different than with my oldest daughter. Um, he, it's his first birth, so first child, so he didn't know any different. All he knew was that, oh, we're spending so much time in the hospital with the baby, making sure she's good. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, yo, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm going to go home. But because of everything that's going on, they want to make sure, you know, she's okay. No one's coming in, seeing her, bringing her any, you know, bringing any extra germs or whatever into the room. So, I mean, once we got home, we settled in. We didn't allow anyone to come see her. Um at all everything was like i said through facetimes and pictures and videos and and that was it and then once my parents did come to the baby they were wearing a mask they were sanitizing their hands like the whole time being around her which was just so different than like i said my daughter because like you're expecting everyone to just love on your baby and be with your baby and just be so happy with for you but 
in our reality at this point, they just want to be cautious and careful and make sure they're not bringing any germs into your baby or get your, you or your baby sick. So that was just, that was difficult, a difficult time to have a baby, you know? So it's like, everything is like foreign to everybody. Like no one knows, like, if you do this for that, like your baby will get sick or if you, um, bring your baby out at a certain time, you know, anything that happened. So, like, it was just, it was rough for us, you know, initially. But as time went on, you know, we were able to kind of relax and breathe and, like, you know, this is what it's going to be. Like, you know, it's cool. And everyone's taking the precautions and the steps they need to make sure we're safe and we were as well. So it was completely different. And now with her, she's seven months now. And it's it's kind of almost normal for her to see everyone walking around masked. Like, if you don't have a mask on and you're able to show expression, like, her face lights up. Like, wow, like, it's mama. Like, I can see your mouth. I can see your face. But, no, like, she, she does react a lot differently to people than how my oldest daughter reacts to people. But I definitely see a difference in when I had... My oldest daughter, she now having my baby, how she interacts with people in the public. But yeah. It's funny that you talked about the mask because Kingsley can read people's eyes. So she was so used to people having masks that she could tell, um, I guess, if somebody was like happy or smiling from their eyes and when people were not like she wouldn't really um I don't want to say like smile back at them but you could tell like her reaction was different when somebody was smiling with a mask on and when they weren't right and it's almost like now like Nadia she's she's used to everyone with a mask on but if I'm carrying her and I have my mask on, she just wants to pull off my face. Like, you know, no, mommy, you're not supposed to have this mask on. I want to see your face. So that's another thing. Yeah, Kingsley was the same way. Like, initially, when I started taking her out, um, she would pull my mask off. Now she's used to it. Um, And actually, when we were on the plane last week, she would like pull my mask down and say, kiss, give me a kiss and then pull my mask back up. (laughs) So I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be the new normal for her. Right. Which I I mean, what can you do? How was your son Kalia? Like with the mask? I think so. Like, like I said, for a long time, he didn't have really too much interaction uh, with people like, my mom, and I felt horrible, my mom and my grandma, they didn't, like, see him until Mother's Day. And that was, like, them, me cracking the window and letting them peek their head in a little bit. It's because I was so afraid of, you know what I mean? It was such a culture shock. Yeah. And having a little tiny baby in that season was, like, what do you do besides protect them? Like, you know what I mean? That motherly instinct is, like, top of the list like I need to protect my baby kind of thing and Ray was even worse than me so that didn't help um 
but I think we got even more cautious with him because someone in our house, my brother-in-law, actually got sick. And this was before um, they were, COVID was a thing, everybody was on lockdown and everything, but we didn't have tests in New Jersey yet. Oh, so okay. he had like legit all the symptoms, went to the hospital, everything. And they were like, listen, like, we don't know what to tell you. We don't have tests. There's no way we can confirm. Um, all we can tell you is to treat it as if it's COVID. And so that even terrified me even more. So he wasn't seeing even the people that we were living with, like I was saying earlier. Um, but I think with mask, he was always around. Like once it got kind of like more lenient and stuff like that, he was around the same people. So it wasn't like, if he was around you, he'd probably already seen you. And you know what I mean? Like the kids, certain age don't wear masks. So like everybody, at this point, everybody was family and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where at first it was, like I was saying, like it was a shock for him to see people. So he was like, where's mommy? Like freak out when it came to going to people. And I think now he like, is like, it's like a whole new world to him. Like, oh my gosh, I've never seen you before. Let me give you a hug. Like that's him in the grocery store. I'll be snatching myself. Like, no, we're not yeah. <laughs> But, like, I feel like for him, like, oh, my God, I've never seen this many people. Let me just go and make my rounds. <laughs> like, yeah. And my son is a little older than um, both of your children. So I think that also, once they get older, you'll see it. But Sebastian is also very, very clingy. And I think with being on lockdowns and being so used to mommy and daddy only and all that, that created that um, clinginess. And I think that would be a difference we definitely see in COVID children is a clinginess to the parent or the people that they were born around or raised around. I definitely see that too. Even though Nadia is so young, I definitely see that in her. Like she's more so clingy to me and her dad. And even with my parents, like she'll be with them and she really can only deal with them like in like small increments. Like she'll be with them, but like, no, no, no. Like where's mommy? Where's daddy? And wants to come right back. Like I definitely can relate to Kalia on that aspect. And see, for me, like, being out of the, not in the same state as my family was kind of a good thing because there was no one trying to come to my house Um, because I I don't live near anybody. But um, to have, like, Jamel's family not be able to see her. um, And then the crazy thing is, so she was born in April, then his niece was born in October or September, something like that, in the fall, and then he had a nephew that was born at the beginning of the year. So at one point, we were all pregnant, um, all of the his brother's wives and then myself, um, and we never saw, we couldn't see any of their kids either when they were born for a while, so that was hard. Um, I'm sure for all of them, because this was his first baby and they had, they all have, um, his other brothers have kids. So I know for them, like they wanted to see his baby, but of course, you know, they couldn't. So, um, but like I said, like for me, it was almost a good thing to not be in the same state as my family. Um, cause right. I didn't have to say like, oh, you can't come over 
or anything like that. And it that. almost feels like a guilt. Like, um, like, you know what I mean? Especially if your mom was right down the street or, like, not too far away. And you're like, yeah, nah, you can't come see your grandchild. Like, I feel like a part of that, like, was, like, I felt guilty. Like, maybe I, I should be, like, maybe they can wear a mask and, like, be six feet. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I can show him him through the window. But I was so afraid, like I said, especially with that scare with my brother-in-law getting sick in the house. And, like, us just pretty much locking ourselves in a room, just stepping out for food every once in a while kind of thing. Um, yeah, it almost it almost was a guilt. Like, dang, like, am I being extreme with my child or am I just being protective and I'm taking the right measures? And then, like, people say, like, oh, yeah, like you said earlier, oh, they're, he just spoiled, he's spoiled. No, it's, it's a COVID baby. Like, they're used to me and only me. So, of course, who they're going to look for? Me, like, and I breastfed this child. So that that's going to come with a whole nother level of clinginess. <laughs> Yes, I'm right there with you because I'm trying to break this and it is not working. I told her, yeah, please go about your business. Take this (laughs) (laughs) one. And I wish you the best of luck through the night. And see, the thing is, like, it's only, I mean, it's, she doesn't even need it. Like, she eats food. It's just that boredom and comfort. Like, when she's sleepy. And then when she doesn't have anything to do. So I'm like running around the house trying to like get her to do stuff and playing with her. But then when she gets tired, it's like, all right. And she just drops that head down. I'm like, man, that's so disrespectful. (laughs) All in my shirt. I kind of miss it a little bit. Like that bonding time is something to cherish for real. Like it, you definitely miss it. They, he took every piece of boob I had in me, but I still kind of miss it, that bonding time with him. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, I'm just like, I mean, I would like to have my breast back, but it's like, you're not really bothering me. <laughs> like, we're both watching TV, so whatever. At this point, we're both addicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's hard to break. Um, It really is. So... I kind of wanted to switch gears for a minute about now we have these kids here. We survived like quarantine pretty much. Um, I saw a TikTok that talked about quarantine babies being different and like they develop faster. Um, they kind of do their own thing. This lady is like chronicling her child's like development through TikTok and showing like all these things that her baby's been doing since two weeks old or whenever you go to your first doctor's appointment. Um, her baby was like lifting her head up, looking around and the doctor's like, I can't believe, you know, she's doing that already. And then she's like rolling and crawling at a couple of months walking early she was like feeding herself all kind of different things like she's documenting so do you two feel like your babies compared to other people you know um are a little bit more advanced or do things a little bit differently um be that other kids don't do because they were born during this time i was say yes and no um only because i wanted a baby genius (laughs) i wanted my baby to be reading at like three months (laughs) but um i do agree especially when it comes to like the 
doing his own thing. Like Sebastian will be around 20 kids and he'll give you about a good 30 seconds of his time. And then he's going to find his own toy and he's good. Like he doesn't, he's content, but he's also an only child. So that might play a part in it. Um, but he was like really good. Like the doctor was surprised when he first started saying dad, dad, like he, I, I was hurt, but I, he was surprised that he was already saying some of the stuff. And he was like, oh, well, you know, he's developing really well. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with, one, mother and baby have more time together. Um, so there's more time to, to give to that. Um, and not only that, um, they're in a comfort zone all the time. So if you were quarantined for a good month with your child, they're comfortable all the time. They don't have to worry about going to daycare and getting comfortable in that environment and worrying about that and then learning. They're always comfortable where they are. So then it's easier for them to learn. That's just my personal take on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I didn't think about um, the comfort part of it. Like you're in the same environment with people that you know. Um, so you don't have to be accustomed to somewhere else. So that's a good point. Right. I kind of think the same thing. Um, I know like measurement wise, um, Kingsley's on a smaller side, uh, compared to her age, but everything else, like besides walking, cause I just feel like she's just not interested. Um, Cause she knows she can walk. <laughs> she she can, and she stands I'm up and. Yeah, she just has no interest to do it on her own. Like she will go up the steps, she'll scale everything that she can. Like she holds onto my legs while I'm walking and walks with me. Um, she just won't walk. But talking wise, I mean, if anybody's on my social media. I have posted videos of her and like she has full blown conversations like facial expressions, hand motions, um, her affect, like her tone goes up and down. Like this girl is having a conversation with you. I don't know what she's saying half the time, but she is like on it. Like I feel like compared to kids that I know, um, her baby talk, as they say, is like advanced. Right. And then I also I, feel well, like, um, no, you're fine. I also feel like she, um, is like a problem solver, like more so than other kids, uh, where it's like, I don't need you to do this. I'm gonna figure out how to do it myself type of thing. Like she doesn't look for me to like help her do stuff. She'll try to figure it out, and then it's like I'm the last resort. Where, like, most kids are like, come do this for me, like, now, and they'll cry. Right. It's interesting. Uh, I thought a lot of times, like, I always think, like, you know, Nadia's just doing something, like, just so extreme and so advanced for her age, and I can't get my phone out fast enough to take a picture or record it to show somebody, like, oh, my God, look what she's doing, because I know they wouldn't believe me if I told them, like, the other day I took a picture. She's like... Literally standing up. I'm not holding her. She's like holding her own stuff up, and I'm like, this is this is like unreal. Like, why is she standing up right now? Like, <laughs> this is not happening. And then today, like, I was brushing her hair, and she like grabbed my arm and reached up for the brush and like started to brush her own hair. So I'm like, oh, let me let me record it really quick. So by the time I got my phone out, she ended up like she was brushing, but then like 
went down too hard and hit herself with a brush, and then it was over. Like, she started crying. So I'm like, oh, my One God. thing <laughs> kids are going to make you is a liar. That's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> a kid will make you a liar quick. Yes. My baby know how to spell your name. Spell your name. One, two, five, six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I pull that phone out so fast. But I know, like, yes, Nadia is. Anybody who's seen Nadia knows she is a really chunky, full baby. She ain't missing no meals, but <laughs> she is so smart. I feel like she's just so smart to me. Like I don't know, like. When you touch on that topic, I'm like, yeah, that's not it. Like, she's a smart, cool baby. <laughs> yeah, and, like, okay. I read this I, thing I, that... I didn't notice because I was teaching Sebastian. I thought, like, I teach Sebastian. I don't really teach him words um, because I know it would be harder to do, so I teach him sign language. Um, so, like, he knows how to communicate if he's hungry. He knows how to communicate if he wants something to drink. Um, he knows how to say he's all done. Um, he knows how to say more. Like, pretty much the basic stuff. Um and I, I just taught him how to say thank you. So now, like, for some reason, like, he picked it up so fast to know when to say thank you. Like, I thought he was just going to do it randomly, but only when I give him things. And if I don't say you're welcome, he will keep doing thank you until I say you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was normal, but until I'm around other people and they're like, wow, that's really crazy. So um, definitely there are some advances in our children. Um and I think I have read an article that said that pretty much similar to what Kalia said, that because they are with their parents longer, um, they're learning stuff like from us as opposed to like learning negative behaviors from like other kids, from being in daycare. Um, they're mostly around adults. And even when you have kids that... Um, are not the only children, they're being corrected more by their parents. And so they don't see, like, the negative behaviors as they would see if they were in, like, a preschool or a daycare. Um, But I did like, you know, also when Kalia was saying about them being in a comfortable environment, um, which makes a lot of sense, too. But, um... I definitely feel like Kingsley is like a different kid than kids that I'm normally around. And I do think it has to do with me just being with her like a lot. (laughs) Like I didn't have to rush and go back to work. You know, I was comfortable at home, you know, with her working online, but still with her. And then... She was going to a babysitter instead of going to a preschool or a daycare um, mm-hmm. where it was, again, one person that she was with that she became very comfortable with. Um, and she didn't have to, like, really adapt to a different place. So I think that that also made, like, a big difference for her because she's around adults a lot. I'm just really thankful that me and my fiancés, our schedules, like, definitely work so well together. Where, though, like, we don't have to worry about depending on anyone to have to watch the baby. Like, if I'm off, I can watch the baby, and then vice versa. So, you know, it feels good to know that you have your partner there to, you know, keep the baby, and you don't have to send the baby to, like, daycare or a complete stranger where you have to worry about 
are they taking the measures needed to make sure everyone's safe? Because some people just don't care. Like, they could be have someone in their home sick or be around sick people, and they're just worried about, oh, my kids got to go to daycare. They got to do what they got to go, and, you know, I got to go about my business. And thankfully, like, you know, neither of us or any of us have to deal with that in our cases. Yeah, I'm definitely lucky about that because I was panicking. Um, just the thought it's of scary. having... Yeah, the thought of having to take her somewhere. And then when all the daycares closed, I'm like, thank God, like I work where I work and I'm working from home right now um, because I would have been, who knows what would have happened. Like if I had Especially a job. Even like, you know, all the way in Texas, like you don't even have like family to come and watch the baby while you go to work for those hours or whatever. So exactly. Yeah. Like, I literally, in our family page, was like, does anybody want to move to Texas to be a babysitter? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was getting pretty yeah. desperate. Yeah, and then there's also, although it was rough, like, to adjust to, being able to spend that extra time with your child, like, my husband finessed it a little bit and was like, he was exposed before we actually were exposed. So we ended up getting four weeks extra from him because... He went out two weeks saying he was exposed, and then our brother-in-law actually <laughs> had to uh, treat it as if it was COVID without the test or whatever, like I was saying earlier. So, like, although it kind of sucked and there was some very bitter moments, I think being able to spend the extra time and not have to worry about, you know, if you breastfed for whatever, then having to make sure there was enough milk or making sure someone take care of your child, we were able to stay home a little longer. So I think that that's the sweetness that came from it. Yes, and that breastfeeding part of it, like, that was a big headache for me because um, I was sitting there like, where am I supposed to, like, if I had to go to school, where would I go pump? And that was, like, my biggest thing. Like, where would I go where I feel comfortable that it's clean, number one, um, that I can go pump? And all I kept thinking is, I'm going to be pumping in my car. Like that was when I was right on that military base. Yeah, that was my thought. I'm like, I'm gonna have to go in my car and pump. It was crazy. I was leaking through the uniform and everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, I remember. Like that was my first time away from Sebastian and having drill and having to be there for twelve hours and not remembering because you're trying to get so used to being and you're used to the baby like pulling out your shirt or something like that to let you know they're ready to eat and then not having that that reminder and then now your boobs are humongous and you're leaking through your uniform yeah that is that was a tough one for me too like the first day that we went back to campus this year um I kind I don't know what I was doing, but I did not. I forgot to pump. So after that, I was just like you, like, oh lord, like I had these little pads in my bra, and I just kept feeling like cold. I'm like, why are my nipples cold? <laughs> and it was because they were quite saturated with milk. But um, after that, I had to set a timer because I was like, I'm never going to remember this. Like, I have a whole baby that I need to be pumping for. Yeah, you're just on the go now. Now you're back into, like, a work schedule where you're not thinking about your child for however many hours. And then you're like, huh, I do have a baby at home. And then your boobs tell you, yep, absolutely. And then they're... <laughs> 
Yeah. And I was glad I had them breast pads on because otherwise I would have been walking around with a coat hot because uh, my shirt would have been soaked. And that was the worst thing. I would always forget my pads. I would always forget to put my pads in every time. And that's why my uniform was soaking wet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, is there anything else that y'all kind of want to discuss? Whether it be about dealing with your family during that time or... um, like any type of tips that somebody gave you, maybe that helped you get through COVID and be in quarantine? Um, one thing I would say is do not feel bad for wanting to protect the health of your child. Like, yes, people want to see your baby. Yes, they want to hold them and kiss them. But ultimately, your child comes first. Your child's health comes first. And that is what matters. And in due time, yes, the world may be 100% open back up, and then we can all, you know, get together and love on each other. But first things first, um, my baby got to be safe. Like, we're not doing all that. Yes, and I will agree to that. And I also think that I think the laws are a little different in New Jersey now, but before there wasn't much bonding time for daddy and baby. Um so if I could advocate for anything, it would definitely to make sure that the dad is getting as much time, not only because the baby and daddy need it, but because mommy needs it. Yes. Um, we need somebody to step in and help with the baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he goes back to work, you're still home with this stranger that they call your child, and you're <laughs> right. figured out, especially if you're first-time mom. Like, there's a rhythm, even anybody, there's a rhythm that you have to either learn or relearn with your right. child. And then they're like, like, even when I did nesting, my son was in the NICU. Um, I did nesting, and my husband couldn't stay with me. And I was terrified. I had got stitches from the inside out because I tore. I'm in serious pain. Obviously, I just had a baby. And they're like, yeah, he has to leave. He has to be out of here by 12 because the husband's like, no man. The dad can't stay, only the mother. And I'm like, what kind of setup? Like, that doesn't make any sense. He's a parent as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't have to do this by myself. And I was already, like, broken down and, like, emotional. One, because your hormones are everywhere, but also because my son is in the NICU. And I feel like that is something that should change with the way everything is set up. Like, the dads deserve to be there just as much as the mother. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like I said, I mean, we didn't go back to work. Um, Because at the time, we were both working for the school district. And on those days where I would just be so overwhelmed, like, I couldn't, um, you know, my milk wasn't coming in. And uh, I was just exhausted and emotional. And after that time had passed, you know, a couple months, he would have been going back to work. Thankfully, he didn't. Um, because on those days where I just was overwhelmed, I would literally just be like, I'll be back. <laughs> and I would just leave and just sometimes I would just go walk in Target like by myself with my mask on f- looking for nothing but just to get away um, and to have that person there, you know, your uh, significant other there to help you and take care of your child and you're not worrying about a babysitter or taking them to somebody's house just to have an hour to yourself away from everything. And then you're quarantined. So you can't really go anywhere um, because nothing is really open. So 
<clears throat> you're just stuck in the house. And right. for me, it was just like, I just needed a change of pace. Like, I need a change of scenery. I'm just about to walk around Target. Or I would find, like, random places that I know people wouldn't go. And just, like, walk around just so that I could not be in the house. Right. I'm going to take a trip to the graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about all that, but... (laughs) No, I I mean, when I say, like, places people wouldn't go, it might be, like, a furniture store or something where, like... (laughs) We as mothers definitely always need that time to ourselves, but during this time of COVID, like, it makes it so much harder to even you know, be able to go out and enjoy, you know, your own time because you got to worry about, you know, making sure you're safe and not bringing anything home to your baby, make sure your baby's safe. So it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot for, you know, mothers that have to go through with new babies. Absolutely. I would agree. And I would say for sure, if you're a new mother, second time mother, last mother, sixth child, whatever, do not lose yourself in that child. You are you first, and then you are a mother and everything else after. Yeah. Always take care of you, your inside, your mind, your body, all that. Even the little things sometimes feel, like, crazy. Like, I used to hate going to nail salon and get my nails done because I feel like it took so long. After having my son and he was older and I got my nails done for the first time, it literally felt like I was on a vacation. (laughs) And it's just, like, the little things like that where you're kind of, like, Although it's just getting your nails done to some people because they're used to it, it's so big of a time away. And it's like, a, I'm doing this for me with no type of, like, should I feel bad? I'm away from him. I left with his dad. Did he have enough to eat? Like, just do you. Do it for you. Always take care of you first because once you can take care of you, you can be the best mom and wife and person and girlfriend and fiance, whatever the case may be, to other people around you. Right. Definitely, I agree, 100%. Me too. And that was, like, one of the things that um, I, like, had to realize. um, Because I'm an older mom. Like, they're younger than me. So I am, like, an older mom who has, like, kind of established things, like routines and, um, like, Kingsley just disrupted all that for me and Jamel, like, our whole lives just flipped upside down. Um, and we just poured everything into her, like, in the beginning. And then one day, like I said, when I just was like, I got to get out of here. Like, in my little uh, sto- random store walks, I was like, you know what? If I keep focusing so much on her and not myself, like, I'm going to resent somebody. And it's not going to be me. Like, I'm just going to be angry. And so, especially with the breastfeeding, it's just like, in my head, I'm like, I don't get a break. Like, people can leave and, you know, he can leave and he can do stuff. And even people who are moms who bottle feed, like, you can leave. But for me, if I don't pump, I have to be home in two hours if I leave. Because I knew, like... Yeah, like I knew she had to eat and I'm I'm not pumping. You know, so literally count how long you can pee at this spot for until you have to hurry up and rush back because they're gonna be hungry. Yeah. And if I was like a little over, I would be like calling her texting, like, Did she wake up? Does she seem hungry? Like I'm on my way. So yeah, I just like I wrote down things that I enjoyed doing. 
and told myself like once a week I would do some kind of self-care just for myself. Um, and initially it was working out. Um, but then I realized that like, I just need to work out. So that really wasn't considered self-care to me anymore. And, um, so then like I started getting my henna done once a month. I added in a, getting facials, um, massages. So it would just be like random things that I would just make my, not make myself, but make sure I scheduled something once a week just for myself. Guilt-free, like, like Kalia said, just guilt-free time where I just did something for myself. And sometimes it's as simple as waking up and getting yourself dressed. When you wake up and you get that child's outfit together, I used to tell myself, if you can get him dressed, you can get yourself dressed. I used to just stay in my pajamas. Maybe <laughs> when the husband was coming home, maybe I'll put the hair up in something nice. I don't know. <laughs> in the house but then I had to realize, like, don't do it because he's coming home. Do it for you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's true. When you look good, you feel good. And if you're not getting up and getting dressed every day, all you're doing is allowing yourself to stay in the state that you woke up in, which is tired and exhausted and a mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's as simple as getting up and putting clothes on and feeling like the you you are. Just plus a child, plus a mother, plus being a mother or a new mother or a mother again to a newborn. Right. And like one thing that I would say um, for my advice is, don't let other people tell you how to raise your kid. You know, you have to make the decisions that you feel are right for your family, for your kid. Um, That's a big one. Yeah, because, like, when I first traveled with her, I think she was five months. It was still COVID. Um, But I had called my cousin, who is a doctor, and asked her, like, hey, is it safe for me to travel with her? She told me as long as she had, you know, certain shots that she should be fine. Um, just to make sure I baby wear her and just keep my distance from people. But I mean, there were people who was like, I can't believe you went on a plane with her. It's like, well, was I supposed to drive here? Like that wasn't happening. Right. (laughs) So I'm like, no, it was fine. Like I took all the precautions that I needed to take. But then when I came home, like there were people who was like, I hope you understand I'm not comfortable with people being in my house, especially because you were on a plane. And in no way did I take offense to them saying that because I totally get it. And I was like, no, 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 don't, you don't have to make it, tell me anything. Like I get it. This is something serious. So, you know, I'll catch you the next time. And that's just what it was. But you know, for me, I think advice isn't bad when it doesn't feel like it's judgment behind it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're doing that wrong. You should like, you know what I mean? If it's like coming from a loving spot, like obviously people who are who've had children, um, who have multiple children, you kind of especially being a new mother, sometimes you need that extra advice or like something to help you like oh she's not burping maybe she tried this this worked for me but when it's like a, oh no you shouldn't do that or if it's like a coming out of a judgmental spot as if you can do it better than me like you can be my child's mother better than me then that's when it comes like mm, you can kind of shut up like yeah <laughs> nobody asked you yeah i agree that 
Yeah, because there's a way to give people advice, and there's a way that to criticize. Like, right, exactly. When, when it comes off as criticism, it's just like I didn't ask for anything that you're saying right now. Especially with like old school parents, like you know, first of all, I've already had a child, and then having Nadia, my mom would be like, "Oh, put this in her bottle, do this. She's too small. She's this. She's that." So now Nadia is like a heavyweight, and now she's like, "Mm, "That baby too heavy." She's in her arm. Like I'm damn, I do, damn, I don't. Like okay, my mom was trying to give my son pork. If I can like at least ease it into him, like. <laughs> you know, like, 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 oh, you didn't die. Okay, but I might almost. Right, that's it. Right. You, <laughs> you turned out just fine. You turned out fine. Uh, I'm pending, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like people don't realize the food that we ate when we were younger is not the food that is on the shelves right now. So, yes. It's so, so different. So. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, I appreciate y'all taking the time out of your night to have this conversation. I feel like um, I learned a lot, and I hope that the people who are listening will get a lot out of this conversation. And for all of the new moms who have quarantine babies, or if you were pregnant during quarantine at any point, um, you probably understood a lot of what we talked about. So... Any closing remarks that either one of you would like to make before we end? I do want to say thank you, Isha, for choosing me to be your interviewee. Um, I'm very honored, and I think you're going to continue to grow in your podcast. Thank and you. And all the journeys that you have. And I wish you the best of luck to both of you and all the mothers in the world. Um, you guys are doing a great job. Don't ever doubt yourself. Yes, always remember that. That's all I have. Thank Thank you. Well, thank you, ladies. And until next time, have a good night. I really hope that none of you have to experience what we went through. I know the numbers are starting to go up, and I'm hoping that precautions are taken by everyone so that you can experience a normal delivery, normal... um, aftercare and are able to visit and socialize with your family and they're able to see your little one good luck to everyone that is giving birth anytime soon and i hope you enjoyed the show and that's a wrap on another amazing episode i know that you were just as inspired as i was after listening to that conversation And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger and check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell, or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time.
Peace out.